right, welcome back to the podcast. Remember, we only got two weeks left in the, in the quarter, so we really need to be hitting this hard. This is a tool to help you, and this tool is going to be used for your world history classes today. We're still talking about imperialism today. We're going to be talking about how European, how the Europeans colonized Africa and how they treated the colonies in Africa. So Africa before uh, imperialism is something that people don't really know a ton about. So we're just going to kind of quickly hit on there. So North Africa, tons of fertile land along the Mediterranean, but also the Sahara Desert, uh, which later on we're going to find as a ton of oil and things like that. But kind of, you know, just ton of fertile land, tribal region. Uh, in the Islamic conquest in West Africa, so the Great Savannah region, the, Is the, the Islamic faith is going to come in to places like today that's northern Nigeria, kind of take over, create a lot of the selling and a lot of culture and trade within those areas throughout Western Africa. Like I said, that's a lot of Nigeria, but we're also going to be looking at how they fought wars with the Asante Kingdom, which is a part of the Ghana region and uh, the Ivory Coast region. In East Africa... Islam had long influenced coastal regions of East Africa. You're right by Egypt. You're right by all these other, other areas. And it's just going to be this push to kind of, again, not only increase their religion, but also increase kind of the power that goes along with it. Then you have Southern Africa, which is its own thing where there was a ton of issues and a ton of fighting and a ton of all these other things. As all this is going on, that's when the Europeans come in and they use the tribal warfare to their advantage and they use it as a way to sell off slaves. And as we know in this country, the slave trade obviously not only had a big impact on Africans that came over to the United States or over to the part of the world where they were, where they were selling these trades, but Africans also in Africa had a deep impact in the slave trade. It stopped their economy. It forced this tribal warfare against each other that it had that was forced to continue. So from the 1400s to the 1700s, the main thing that Europeans traded with was in was on the coast, and that was honestly slaves. That was also things like ivory and gold. But then that's going to start changing in the 1800s. Explorers are going to push inwards in the 1800s and start to see what is on the inside. So we were just on the outside Africa. Now we're going to push in and see what's in there. They also started talking about, because of this, not only how terrible the people were living and how backwards this life was in Africa, their opinion, not mine, but also they wanted to map things out. And they start noticing and seeing how rich and bountiful this neighborhood is. So, because the Europeans were such good Christians, they thought, you know what, we need to save Africa. We are going to send Christianity into Africa. They went in there, they tried to culture and everything like that, but instead they were very uh, rude. They saw them as children who needed guidance and their help, and they degraded their own beliefs. A man named David Livingston, who was a British doctor and a missionary, went into Africa, and he was there for 30 years. He went all around it, and he wrote many of these things where he kind of talked about how backwards parts of it were, but how beautiful part of the, the religion was as well. So Britain's kind of in there first before everybody else. And then the King, King Leopold II of Belgium sends his man Henry Stanley in to start kind of conquering areas for him. And the British don't like it. The French don't like it. The Spit Nobody really likes this idea that now Belgium is going to jump in and start invading. So they set up something 
to prevent war in Africa, where everybody fought for all of the jobs in Africa, what they're going to set up is something called the Berlin Conference. And what that means is that the Berlin Conference, they took a map of Africa that they had had, and they cut all it all up and give it to whoever they wanted. So this part became Belgium, this part became France, this part became Britain. And so with that, uh, Leopold, uh, again, the king of Belgium, he is going to exploit the riches of the Congo and a lot of Eastern Europe. And they were run terribly. The Belgians granted, granted a ton of stuff out there, but they looked at it as basically a possession of their land and it was only used there for their own resistance. France just expands their territory. They kind of take a little bit of a step back. They gain a little bit more territory. Britain is going to lose some parts of Western Africa, but they're gonna really gain a lot down in the South, including some of the most uh, influential areas. Uh, they also though do see a war in the, what's called the Cape Colony against the Dutch. It's called the Boer War. They fight real quick. Uh, figure out that the Cape Colony, which is now today South Africa, they are going to work together and it's not going to technically be colonized, but it's pretty much colonized down there. It's kind of on its own, but not really, I guess is the best way of putting it. Uh, other nations are going to look to join in the scramble. You get Germany and Portugal jumping in there. Italy wants a little piece of the pie too. Eventually they break down everything that they can as they as they are pushing forward as we continue to move to move on some of the africans in western africa there's going to be a guy named Semiri Torre, and he is going to fight french forces and really try to push him out women are going to be huge in this fight against again i mentioned the asante tribe before we have a woman named ya asawanta and she's going to lead a fight against the British in the Asante War. Another woman, Nihanda, is from Zimbabwe. She was a spiritual leader, really pushes to get this independence. But the place where they did it the best was in Ethiopia, where they never actually allowed themselves to be taken over. They took this ancient Christian kingdom of Ethiopia, and they resisted European colonization as much as they could. They did have a reforming leader named Melanick II, and he began to modernize the country. He worked with the Europeans, but they were never officially colonized. They're actually the only place to never be officially colonized, along with Liberia, which was an African nation of independence that was kind of sent over from the United States. Former slaves looking to have a freedom and a place to go after, they, after the Civil War. There became, in East Africa, the Germans, uh, they are going to fought a bunch of wars. The areas that they tried to expand in East Africa, they wanted nothing, nothing at all to do with it. Uh, obviously, East Africa didn't have the supplies of them, but East Africa was really a, a, a big place to fight back. They also didn't have the resources to be successful. So, but what did come from this is after the imperialism takes over, there's going to be a new idea of what is elite in Africa. And there's middle-class people in Africa who admired these Western ways and started to reject their own culture. And those people are now gonna be taking over Africa as they go on. As we continue talking about this section, understand you will see a common theme. Europe comes in and tries to take over what they think is best for everybody. Europe makes political and racial decisions for the world, which isn't always the way in which people should be doing. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of your weekend, and I will talk to you all soon.